Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show on the Smarter by the Day podcast. I'm excited to welcome the host of Smarter by the Day podcast, Damon Cowboy347. How are you, bro? And I know you're excited about our guest, you know, talking to any professional athlete, professional athlete to professional athlete, and especially what he is doing, right, Damon? Yes, I'm super excited to be here in likeness. Um, and I'm super grateful. The world's been like wrestling the Anaconda the last five years. Thank you for your time, as always. <laughs> All right. Do, let's talk to Steve. Tell, introduce Steve for us, guys. Um, so today we are introducing a, um, a legend, um, uh, an 11-year pro uh, in, in the NFL, an author, uh, a leader, um, my brother, uh, Steve right yes lord <laughs> hi damon thank 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 you guys uh damon and neil for having me on a legend i don't know about a legend i'm not sure where that came from but legend in my own mind um i'm fortunate to have 11 year career right yeah. and, and you know what that's that's a modest introduction and that allows us to do what we do best here um man steve i, I, I want to get right to it uh, someone who has tied their sweat equity um, in, in one genre of work and um, just being a process and transcending into other purpose-driven um, avenues. Um, what was the most prevalent um, message that put you in position to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do next before we identify your, your other accolades? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great question with a very simple answer. Um, I do what feels best. I stay in the extreme present. Um, I let go of crummy things that have happened behind me and I don't plan out writing a book in front of me. If I would have seen the checklist of things that go into writing a book and putting it on the shelf, there's no way I would have done it. There's no way I would have taken my company, uh, my company Cloudburst and, attempted to cool the the 1996 summer olympics it was it was insur insurmountable it, you know just like trying out for the cowboys with 120 other free agents it's just mm -hmm. you know it's mind-boggling so if i take care of the business right now today i gotta i gotta run i gotta do my sprints i gotta get ready i show up for camp i don't think too far ahead of the scrimmage or the preseason game coming up because i've got five days in front of that so it's, I stay very present and I do the best I can at that moment, which then leads me to the next step and the next step and the next step. And then I'm on the team and then I've landed at the Olympics and then I got a book on the shelf. Yes. So it's uh, staying present is, is, is staying present. And if you think you've got something and it hits your gut, keep this out of it, keep your head out of it. Don't try to think through it and think yourself out of it kick ass right now and then that'll lead to better things um uh thank you so much for that steve there's this thing where i should have i should have said you know author you know owner of no. cloudburst um this is why we're here because you have a book um that's out right now and i'm super um honored to hear you know that modest you know lesson Right here, right now, uh, which is as a cognitive therapist, I think is necessary for leaders such as yourself, beacons of light such as yourself to to share that that is part of the process. So 
people can know that they're not by themselves. But when it comes to your your um your body of work, I'm sorry, when it comes to your your book, um aggressively human, right? Um, what is it about this this project, right? That that this self-gratification project that 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 made you want to put this out to the world and share this education um to your demographic. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's an interesting question. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to take it back to the simple thing again. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, it, and it's it's the honest truth. I wasn't planning on writing, which is now the 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 number one uh, new release on Amazon. I was I wasn't even thinking about getting it published or even finding an agent. I just uh, during the pandemic, uh, March in 2008, I just sat down and just started writing, writing about third grade, you know, and then seventh grade and then making the football team and then getting into a fight at school and then going, getting the scholarship to go to college and kind of one thing led to another and just kept moving it along. And my wife got involved and, and uh, we worked together on this. I really started to find a theme. There was, there was really no theme to the book when we started, it was just get things out there was no name to the book. We actually had a couple of names and it was, you know, it was just, you know, the Steve Wright story and oh, who wants to hear that? Had to come up with something a little more intriguing uh, and not trying to come up with it, but it, it developed itself. Um, so just started working on the book and then a theme started to develop when she really spotted, there was a, my, my animal uh, spirit, she'd always say was a golden retriever just happy and fun to be around people and just joyous and everything. But then she saw the Rottweiler, you know, right. that I needed to be at times. Um, since right. then I've become a Buddhist and, and mellowed out and gotten a little more, a little more centered, but back in the day, and it's leading into today's society back in the day, as you know, you're a cool, calm customer, but you get on the basketball court, you got to bring out the devil in you and yeah. you got you got to bring it and bring it all. So it's that pendulum of bringing the aggression, bringing the humanity. You know, we'd come out of the locker room and after three hours of going head to head with Reggie White or something like that, or Lawrence Taylor, and right, then I'm out, right. and I'm out and I got to be, I got to be, you know, someone's wanting to hold me to hold their baby while they take pictures. And I'm just like, you know, trying to keep from biting the kid's head off because I'm still kind of amped up. <laughs> so it's just, 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 uh, we all have it in us. And I call it the yin and the yang. You've got to have that beast in you. And you've got to have that love in you. And, and it's when to use it and how to use it and balance it and bring them together and, and, you know, be a, be a, a peaceful, be a peaceful warrior. Um, one of wow. my, one of my themes to it is be kind enough to be, be strong enough to be kind. Be strong right. enough to be kind. Now, Damon, I wanted to talk about his book was released just this week. Wow. And this is when it happened. Now people are reading it, Steve, right? Are you getting some good feedback from people that have read the book? Yeah, it's it's really fun to, uh, to, to I, I'm looking at the reviews every day and they're starting to build up. Amazon, um, I understandably, you know, who's Steve Wright and his author. And yeah, we'll get a few of his books in the warehouse, you know, but uh, they ran out of them fast. Um, so sales are going on and we'll see over the next couple of weeks now that they've reloaded, everybody's starting to get their, their books. We actually ordered a book 
when it first went on went on sale or even before it went on sale at Amazon. And here we got it just the other day, I think yesterday. And we were, we waited for a month and a half for it. So it's uh, it's I think the numbers will start really going up now. Freaking awesome. And congratulations on Thank that. You. Yes. Um, th this is huge. And, you know, you you're you're a um, <clears throat> you know, just from again, I'm honored to be here. You're a lover of adventure. Right. I love that part. And, you know, Cowboy 347, you know, Cowboys are adventurers now. Um, this thing, and, and even you even joining Survivor for 31 days. Right. What is this? What is this? Um, this knack or this 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 thing, this habit, this trait of you um, exploring and how does this 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 project, um, you know, feed that and and how does it promote what's to come? Right. Yeah. I'm a, I've been under the school of thought for many years of, I don't want to die with coulda, woulda, should ups. Mm. Um, if a door opens, if a door opens up, I don't care if it's even a bit interesting, something I've never done before. I'm going to keep this out of it and go with my gut instincts. That's been, that's been evolutionized in us for, you know, a million years this is right. this, this the gut instinct is you can say it how I used to say when I was a Christian that God was poking me, you know. Right, right. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe I shouldn't go on Survivor. Where is it? What's the temperature like? Oh, I'll miss my friends. I'll you know keep right. all that. Keep all that out. If it feels good, go and go hard and bring yeah. everything you have and be the best you can be. Oh, that's what you're promoting. Um, in, intuition, Steve. You yeah. gotta have the intuition. Yeah, you do. It's been developed in all of us, and yeah, it's 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 huge. Um, my my offensive, my uh, Mike Ditka, my old coach uh, with the Cowboys, told me he said, "Man, everybody here has got the physical tools. On the other side, this will decide. Above, you're gonna get your ass kicked. You're gonna get beat. You know, deal with it, figure it out. But the rest of my life, I'm going with my gut instincts, and it was it's just when I'm positive and open i think I, I i bring a positivity that people feel i think we've all got energies and if i feel good energy from you neil and you've got something for me i'm all in um, yeah that yeah. that's how we that's how we hit it off and you know mike dicka huge fan so we'll have to add the uh a conversation about mike dicka especially hail the pit as i always say you know pitt's football team not very good this year uh Basketball, maybe we'll see something different. But Damon, go ahead and your next question. I just wanted to bring up Dick. Uh, you know, you've been mentioning certain people. Steve's been mentioning some good relationships with people like Bo Jackson, Howie Long, Mike Dicka. The the list goes on and on. And Steve's just very humble about his success on the field and his relationships. But that's what I'm impressed about, Steve. But you know, thank you, thank you. And the reason I think that I I might be humble about it is because it's back there. I'm I'm, I'm 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 with you two guys. I'm, I'm with you two guys. I'm not with Bo Jackson or those guys. Those guys are in my review mirror. I love them. Uh, you know, I got all my buddies, but I'm not looking beyond Damon and Neil. I'm not looking at what I'm going to be doing this afternoon. Okay. I'm just listening. yeah. I got I got to tap into this. Um, I was already excited to meet you, um, Steve. I was already excited to meet you. Uh, just from your 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 acumen, your business acumen generally, and just the great things you've done for the culture of entertainment and 
just being a businessman. This beautiful, and I feel the positive energy even in this conversation. Uh, I'm the same way. I can feel it, and I'm honored. Uh, and I have to ask you just to, you know, just to pick your brain and, and to get a sense of like how you activated this this sense of awareness to to you know leave this out of it. I'm now right. You said now, I'm going with my with my gut feeling. And I feel that when we get to a certain, cause we are, we all are, all of us are processes, right? We're, we're, we're constant evolution, but how did you get to this point where you say now, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. going with my gut feeling. Yeah. What is that about? Yeah. I, I think it's, um, you know, it's like they say with, I, I don't know, drugs or, or something else, or trying to pick up a habit. It, it takes 20 or 30 days to pick up a habit or to get rid of a habit, you know, get off the sugar or whatever it is you, you know, you're trying to get rid of. I think it can work the other way too. And I've just, since I have gotten this book out, I noticed that my positivity and my love and my compassion and empathy have increased because I'm talking about it a lot. Um, I, I uh, really kind of enjoy Something like my wife would always say when I'm going out here surfing or something, she'd always say, bring the good juju. And mm. so I'd go out there and sure that you guys bitching about, uh, you know, it's my wave. No, it's my wave. And I just get in there and kind of just be buddies with both of them. And it's just kind of bring a little harmony. But I think you can, um, it, it's been developed in me just from seeing how it works. And it just feels attractive. My, my parents were, you know, I came from lucky. I was a loving family. Um, always positive and upbeat, but it was definitely, it was, it was natured, but it was nurtured too. And I, I just, you know, you know, I've nurtured that just, you know, all of us, when you walk down the street, a good chunk of the people over 50% are looking at the ground or they look at you and look away. And, you know, it's just, uh, and so I'll go out on my way and say, Hey, good morning. You know, and they, they look, up, they look up and they just beam and they say, good morning. And yeah. you can see that it's it's what I call the selfish act of giving. Mm-hmm. It's lifting them, but it's helping me even more. If they if I get a good positive reaction, a loving reaction for them, it lifted me even more. So I can't wait to do it to somebody else. This is awesome, Steve. Right? This is this is awesome hearing you teach on this phenomenal platform of the media giant. There's this thing where, you know, it sounds like. Um, at your age, you're you're like convicted to to help. Yeah. Um, so now with Cloudburst, right? Um, what are some of like just just to get the audience just uh you know give them more education about you know what you have going on? Uh, what are some of the um frontlining you know initiatives that you have going on right now in core in correlation with your book being out, of course that you know, you're passionate about that you would want them to be aware of? I'm, I'm not sure if I understand your question. Yeah, I think David Noble will, will edit that out, that, that yeah, he's retired. He he sold the company. When did you sell the company, Cloudburst? Yeah, it's sold it back in 2000, probably. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, I can talk all about that or whatever whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, talk about, talk, go, ahead, go with that, go with that. Damon, yeah, ask yeah. the question, go ahead and ask the question about uh how, when you sold Cloudburst, what was life after that? Good, Dim. Yes, please, because um, I, I read about it, and um, that as an as an entrepreneur um, and uh, ex athlete, you know, I, I relate to how amazing it is in the entrepreneurial space to 
you know, go out here and create opportunities for others. Yeah. What was it about that experience that, um, you know, those who may not know about you, they should know about what you yeah. did? I just, uh, it's, I guess I look for a better way to, um, to, to make something happen is I, I can go into the whole toilet thing. I've got a patent on a toilet, you know, who would have ever thought I'm, a, I'm working with you on that, Steve. Trust me. I, that's, a, that's a shout out to somebody else that says, did you get that toilet deal yet? See that, that see the universe always works, Steve. This it's, was 10 years ago. Pretty, someone brought me with the toilet idea. So we'll have to talk about that, but go ahead. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nutty, but the, the, the Columbus thing just came to me when I was in Palm Springs and the mist was blowing and I thought, wow, the football team, my Raiders could use that. And I uh, ended up bringing it back and put it on our sidelines and everybody flipped and loved it. And um, I my, it was my only intention. It wasn't oh, to conquer wow. the world or to cool the Olympics. It was just to keep the boys cool. And then, and then uh, I got uh, other offers to, hey, can you bring your system over here? And it was nothing new. It had been around since the 20s, cooling off chickens in chicken coops. And I brought it to horse stables. I brought it to aircraft carriers for the Navy. Okay. Um, put it in smelting plants, uh, I, I, I coal mines, uh, Burlington Northern out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it just kind of took on a life of its own. So I was just, I just, as an entrepreneur, you say yes to everything. You might not be able to fulfill it, but if someone comes at you, you say yes. And so our motto, my, my uh, partner and I, our motto was good news is we got the job. Bad news is we got the job. Now we got to figure it out. Right. You know? so, so selling so, yeah. it, Steve, how did that happen? Yes. I finally saw it. Um, just, uh, I was, uh, I was ready to move. I was, uh, I, I was just getting married. Uh, my first marriage and my office was a hundred miles away and I was driving back and forth and I was living in home depots and Costco's and Walmarts and everything with all of my product. And it was just, it was overwhelming. And I had, I was kind of over it because I had just spent so much time in the home depots, every home depot on the, on this side of the Mississippi river um and it was it was a beautiful experience and i was all in and i would bum when i'd go to sleep I, I i was tired at you know 20 hours of working and i was bummed that i had to go to sleep because i was just so into it but you know it, it burns you out after a while so it was just really easy handshake with my my partner that i brought into it i started the company and i need somebody to handle the the financial the books while i was good at outselling and marketing he handled the behind the scenes and uh, sold it to him and moved on. Um, life uh, after, because we asked the question about life after, Steve, because we never heard this before. Yeah, life, life after. Life after I uh, got married and just focused on on living with my uh, my wife. And we did a lot of traveling around the world. Um, then uh, uh, got divorced after 10 years and my my wife now lizzie her and i she was uh she was one of the board directors with a company called global giving where we collect used sports equipment so it's right up my alley everybody's got stuff in their garage and there's kids all over the world that need something just a ball to play with or whatever it is and so our our partner um uh, mark rollison lives up in milwaukee and that's the headquarters we ship everything out of there but super easy to have parents just clean out their garage and right. so we're, we're moving that stuff out uh we traveled around the world i found in indonesia that you'd squat you know to, to use the the toilet there was no toilets in many places and so i brought that back and married 
the, the squatting effect with the squatty potty that everybody's got to lift your knees up and did a lot of research. And that's the ergonomically best way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I flipped you around instead of looking back here for the flusher and the toilet paper and everything back here, everything's right in front of you because now you're facing everything. You're facing the toilet and it's awesome. ADA compliant. So the wheelchairs can roll up to it. And the person can slide off because it always tore my heart out to see someone stand up from a wheelchair and they're hanging on to something and they're trying to jump around. It was just like, oh, Lord, how can we make this easier? Yes. Uh, just really quick so that the audience know it wasn't a random swing. So I'm into horses. I'm, trying to, I'm building a horse ranch in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just the whole cooling thing, you know, that's what made me strike up the convo. I just missed that detail. Um, it's, uh, there's there's a whole bunch more to it. So when I got him at Hollywood Park, where SoFi Stadium is now, Hollywood Park was there, the racetrack. And when I put these these misters down the middle of the stalls, horses would would set them for ten minutes on high pressure to come on every hour for ten minutes, and this heavy fog would come out. So yeah, naturally it's going to cool the air, but it's also going to settle all the dust in the air, okay. so the horses are breathing better. And yes. it's going to kill all the flying insects in there. All the, oh, all yes. the flies are gone. It's the, it's just like farm fresh air. It's just, It was beautiful. And then, you know, every 10 minutes, every hour for 10 minutes. Let's go. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I wanted to, um, I, you know, after you, you know, I wanted to act this at the beginning, but I was so excited. Yeah, and you're still into fitness, yeah. And and obviously, you know, just the mental uh, fitness as well and physical fitness. Um, it's kind of like you're, you're kind of you kind of remind me of um, you're super simple, though, which is a great way to promote the um, the Buddhist, the, the Buddhist uh, background uh, and, you know, allowing stress to roll off of your shoulders. And you kind of remind me of David Goggins a little bit. Uh, what is like some of the, the habits that you implement? right uh to you know just to continue to be full of energy to continue to be you know successful in your genres of work i I try to for sure protect um before nine maybe ten o'clock in the morning nobody gets my my pre nine o'clock i get up at 4 30 meditate for about 10 15 20 minutes set my intentions for the day i know i'm going to have a meeting with this prick today so i'm going to stay really cool uh, he's going to he's going to piss me off i'm going to stay cool and it's going to roll right off my back and we're going to come to an agreement and boom once i get through with the mental part of it then try to get in some cardio and and weightlifting um don't have to go out and i don't kill it like i used to um but go out and get the body moving um Okay. And then come back and then kind of start getting into the head stuff. I, I use a, a, a program called Elevate that I just love. It's a it's a um, mind um, app to teach you and uh, things that we use every day. It's not a it's not a game. It's you know on math or using verbs or um, right. you know some something else to really crank up your brain. Right. And then I uh, kind of just get on with doing emails and then about nine, 10 o'clock, uh, um, I do a podcast like this or, you know, um, just other, other projects. But right now it's just, I'm living and breathing the the book as much as I can. I'm on doing more social media than I've done my whole life just over the last few weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it too, because I'm, I'm getting good results and it like anything else, it takes hard work. 
So I'm just yeah, you're, you're, can't get enough of it. He's definitely working hard, Damon. Best place to go right now, Steve, to purchase your book is is uh, Amazon.com, but it's it's sold, I think, something like thirty thousand other places. You know, it's at Thrifty, it's at Walmart and Target, and um, good good place to know more about me and all the blogs that I've been putting out for the last half a year. Every Sunday morning um, is WriteAuthor.com, and it's got a lot of photos up in there. It's got my my co-writer Lizzie Wright, my wife, and um, yeah, but Amazon is pretty good. I did the re recording for the Audible, so that's on there. I got the ebook, hard and soft cover. Okay. And he just keeps going, Damon. He keeps hustling. I don't, know what, I don't know what's next, but. Yeah, it, well, I'm telling you the toilet. I want to talk about this. I definitely, and this is a shout out. Somebody else didn't believe that the toilet deal would close. Maybe <laughs> someday it'll be it's because of Steve Wright. <laughs> you never know. These things come up somehow. I like it. Yeah, it's all right. coming. All right, appreciate it, Damon. Thanks again. It was a great special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Smarter Advice Today podcast, guys. Take care. Thank you. We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and I'm excited to talk to these guys today. They're podcasters, and it's very interesting. One year, I mean, in, I mean, in one month, I, or I guess a couple weeks, it'll be my anniversary, 15 years doing podcast, radio, and television. Amazing. I've done over 15,000 plus interviews. I wish someone could compile them. Someday, I'm going to have everyone go back in the archives and look at this. But these two guys are doing something that's so important. One of the biggest challenges I've seen in marketing today is that uh, the people have the most difficulty are authors uh, to market themselves, musicians, which you wouldn't be shocked about because they're always in their craft, and actors. And my two guests are music experts in marketing, Harkos and KP. Thanks for stopping by. Tell me a little bit, Harkos, first about your podcast, and then KP can jump in and why you guys started the podcast, and then also why you help people market music as well. Yeah, the so uh, yeah, our podcast, basically myself and KP, we're both um, artists. We um, also have learned about a lot of music marketing just basically from a self-reliance standpoint. Um, you know, not a lot of money, but we had some time. And so we took that time to educate ourselves and did a lot of practices and a lot of a lot of testing over the years on different practices and everything. And and then me and him actually met in a masterclass on learning like some more uh, higher level music marketing skills. We actually met in there and um, and on Zoom call. And then we just started going back and forth about stuff. And the other people in the Zoom were like, hey, you guys should start a podcast. So we did. And um, and what's really unique about us is we are both like diverse in, in multiple different ways um yeah you know i'm really into hip-hop and he's really into metal and he's actually been a metal front man for about 23 years um yeah. so he's done a lot of live shows and stuff like that and myself i personally don't like live shows because i'm more of an introvert but i do <laughs> i do focus a lot more on the um uh on the internet based stuff and i think and he, he he knows a lot about the internet based stuff as well too but um but when we got together you know our main goal is like hey you know we want to help artists and one area that we well we see multiple different areas but usually the artists who are just getting started or maybe have been doing it for a year or two they're still trying to get everything put together and 
they don't necessarily have their main base of operations set up, but they're still right. trying to go out here and gain fans. Right. You see all these people out here that are always pitching, you know, Spotify playlist promotions, right. run of your streams. And, 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 and it's a and, complete and, scam. Complete yeah, all scam the, fake. Yeah. They're never going to be fans. They're going to buy your music because who cares what followers you have unless you're going to get a contract and that's not going to happen. I'm going to yeah. jump back. I have a good conversation to go into this because I have represented artists before. Well, I, John DeSouza is one of them, and we build out his Facebook group to over you know a thousand followers, and he got ended up getting a contract from it. So mm -hmm. I guess that was my success uh, or the music industry. He ended up getting a contract because of the Facebook group. Yeah. It's important to look at those things. So KP, let's jump into specifically your thought process of working on this podcast, and what do you try to teach artists in this podcast about marketing that they're missing? Well, what we try to do here over here at um music making sense podcast and thanks for having us here neil really appreciate you um but what we try to do is get artists who are starting from ground zero from scratch to start building their own identity like we focus on brand identity like who are you as an artist what are your what are your likes what are your dislikes what are your interests what are your hobbies um tell us a story about yourself right and what we want to do is that we want to be able to bring that out to the, with artists and then we highlight it and help them to get out there and market their brand, their music and their style. So that's what mainly we do. That's why we call it Music Making Sense Podcast. And shout out to Brandman Sean and Corey over at No Labels Necessary Brandman Network and um, Contra Brand Agency, who was the ones that pretty much virtually got us together and we, we like Harkos explained in, in the in the podcast meeting that we were or the zoom meeting that we had within the mass within their class um we were able to just come together i was just like dude we need to do a podcast and uh, no doubt, that's why we no did doubt. that yeah and and, and and i love love music i guess when my when i'm making my comeback in 2024 potentially to the ring gotta hit the gym I'm a former professional wrestler, wrestled for X amount of years, and then retired. If you guys have not Googled me enough out there and see where I'm at and different things with celebrity interviews, all that, definitely check it out. Because, again, we just jumped on a podcast. And I'm a huge wrestling fan. Huh? I'm say? a huge wrestling fan. Okay. So Google <laughs> me, but Google who me, my brand is now and what I've built. A brand right. is such an important thing in the brand identity. And I want to go back to Harkos and this whole thing. This is where people think I got to get millions of millions of uh, you know likes on Instagram, which is horse. It's not true because it's fake. Really, the truth is that the only the top, top celebrities are going to get all those views. You can go viral on TikTok. You can viral on, on, on Instagram, but it takes time. And a lot of artists aren't going to be able to get that. They And and, and those aren't the people who are going to be the people who are going to be the streams, right, Harkos? Right. That's the problem. Yeah. People are looking, I need thousands of comments. I need thousands of followers. And if none of them are your, are your audience, what's the purpose? You're really missing out and making money as an artist. Well, there's mm -hmm. a big difference between followers and super fans, you know, because uh, previously a few episodes ago, we went over um, uh, how Banzoogle and um, Bandcamp and stuff were acquired by other companies and stuff. And basically the market is shifting with a lot of these big companies that service different kinds of uh, services for artists. They're shifting to focus more on gaining the money from the super fans. And in order to do that, you have to build a cult like following in order for, to get those. So you can have a million followers, but whenever you post your stuff up on social media, either about free stuff that you're giving out, like, you know, hey, check out my new music video or go stream my music. Or even if you want to ask them to give you a dollar for something or $20 for something, if you only get, you know, 1% of that 1 million, that 1 million is worthless. It 
just as vanity metrics, just like having, you know, tens of thousands of streams a month. It's all vanity metrics because, you know, people I see people post about this all the time. They'll post, oh, I just had 60,000 streams on Spotify in the first week of my new, you know, my new single. Go check it out. And then you look and they only had three likes on that post. And, you know, they rarely ever get any comments or anything like that. A lot of it is just vanity metrics. And and, and, the, and even the common comments for vanity metrics, because you can mm-hmm. pay an agency in Instagram to get a bunch of likes and comments or TikTok, and it really is not real. Yeah, you like can, a, yeah. yeah, you can pay for a lot of stuff to make it look like you're really doing well. But you're, However, you're not. No, you can spend that same money and actually start doing well. See, that's the thing is that I, I recently posted something about how, you know, uh, streaming royalties are like heroin. It feels good at first, but you get addicted like crazy after that. And that's what a lot of these people go through whenever they spend 50, 60 bucks to get, you know, 50, 60,000 streams on Spotify through all these bot playlists. It makes them feel good, but then they got to keep pumping that money in and they only got a couple dollars out of it, you know, and everything like that. And they're not actually getting anything out of it. And so then that's when they start feeling, um, you know, discontent with the music industry. Oh, you know, it's rigged, it's set up, blah, blah, blah. No, it's just you are getting sold a bill of goods that is not good. You you need to learn how to actually put your music to work and market your music properly or bare minimum, find people who will actually help you with that long thing. We live in a very, you know, a high rate society of give me those endorphins give me that quick hit right now and so that's what a lot of people look for they're like hey if i give you a hundred dollars i want to see x amount of streams in the first week and i was like no 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 this is a long slow ride man just like you know know, i'm in hip-hop like nipsey hustle said it's not a sprint it's a marathon and this is what the biggest thing is that if you're looking at becoming a social finally making money as a brand, you're looking at 10 to 12 years to really make it a legacy income. It takes three to four years to really even start to blow up in certain ways. You might lock in to going viral, but then it's it's a grind. You're looking at 14, 15 hours a day once you do that. A lot of them are too busy doing all these other things. And KP, explain that. As a musician, you don't have time to be on social media 24-7, do you, bro? Well, it depends on what you're doing, though. And I'm saying that because as an as an artist, like for me and everybody's situation, one thing I understand, everybody's situation is different. Like I'm a disabled veteran, so I don't have to go. I don't have to go punch in a clock for anybody. I pretty much can stay home and and, and do podcasting and music and everything else. Whereas on the other side, I'm working 60 hours a week plus doing my podcast, plus trying to help artists, plus trying to do my own music. So everybody's situation is absolutely different. And that's where you can blow up. But the honest to God truth is that they've gamed the system in social media. Mm -hmm. And here's my take in this all. If you are listening right now and you want to become an influencer in social media, you need to spend 12 to 14 hours a day. I'm, I'm talking influencer. 12 to 14 hours a day, developing content, building out things, posting, following, and stay on that platform, just one platform. Mm -hmm. And then maybe, just maybe, maybe, and dominate it. Now you should go to every platform because you'll cross promote everything, but you're not going to get an agency to really do it real, where you're going to get downloads, sales, all those different things, unless Mm -hmm. you put the time in yourself. Yes, you might need great video editors. Yes, you might need uh, great uh, great sound, all the different nuances, you know, oh, great yeah. designing. But at the end of the day, you got to put the time in too, KP, right? 
or yeah. else. Oh yeah, yeah, you and that's the thing. Like, something. yeah. No, you can't. And the one thing that I, I, I'm also, I'm into sync licensing, so I have deadlines, right? And it was like, if you're, you got to get, you got to be working on those deadlines, and then you know, if you get hooked up with, uh, with collaborators, you also got to be considerate of them and get things in within a timely manner, and not waste time and things like that. So yes, you. And if you are looking at social media, if you and I say this to people like I do, I am a consumer of social media. And the reason I'm a consumer of it is because I really want to know what's going on. I want to stay tapped in to everything, even though I am a metalhead. I'm trying to figure out what niches are popping, which which um what what what's the hot topics going on out there i want to know all those things because why number one media people don't realize this but media will always be the leader when it comes to careers and when it comes to just connecting the world right media is gonna always be number one so that's where i stand when it comes to like when people say that they're just consuming social media and I'm also hearing people talk about how it's not real and all those things, we have to look at it like this, guys. Humans created social media. So even those bots and all those things, they're from people. Mm-hmm. So that right. that's that's just my that's right. that's how I look at it. So whether you are so if how however you're on social media, so to answer your question. Um, that depends on you as an artist and how you're able to do it. And, and, but I think at the bottom line is that you want to look at big things. Harkos is you're an independent artist. You want real streams. You want real album sales. You want real merch sales. You want all these different things or it's a waste. It's not worth it. Right. Harkos. So you could, let's say have only a thousand followers on Instagram, but you, out of those posts, you're selling merch, you're making money, you're getting people at your concerts to follow you, you're doing all those different things, then you're doing it right versus having 20,000 followers, all these likes and no sales. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, they overlook the power of a real email list, because if you get people to give you their email in exchange for something for free. Now you've actually built a real contact with them because we've all seen it over the years with social media. You'll be hot one day and the next day, either you get shadow banned or booted off for something you said six years ago, or, you know, you get canceled on something or whatever. But if you have that email list, you can still stay strong. And that's where you actually build your real followers, you know, because you could have 20 or 30 followers on whatever social media platform or from all of them combined. But if you have 10,000 emails and you get an open rate of like 80%, that means you have real people that really mess with you hardcore. And um, that that's where you get your real streams. That's where you get your real sales. That's where you get your real money. And then I that's think that you can give them real the value. Powerful things. If you get the real followers and send DMs to them in emails, mm-hmm. that's going to be your best direct marketing out of anything. Bottom yeah. line. Oh, yeah, that personal, yeah, that personal content, yeah, that personal direct or direct marketing. Like, yeah. like I said, like I said, with the Facebook yeah. group I developed for John D'Souza and then him ending up getting a recording contract. That's from relationships yeah. and development. Yeah. You aren't going to get seen like that by just being on Instagram, putting something out there and think that it's going to go viral and someone's going to see you. But if you're constantly seeing somebody's stuff and you're in a community like a Facebook group, like an email list, all I think it's everything. And I, I yeah. agree with you. Email is going to be websites. 
website, how you're, but then when you're, if you are doing concerts, Mm -hmm. you get every one of them to follow you. Those are real followers that are fans of you. They're going to be checking out their stuff every day. So you got to create content. So there's so many different things. Up, so yeah. how can we get, how can we listen to your podcast guys? It sounds great because I think yeah. it's, you're, you're teaching it in a different way because other marketers aren't going to understand. And I think we're going to be adding that service. And we're going to be talking off air and media giant marketing as we're about to be, have the big launch. I haven't mentioned that guys, because again, it's just Neil Haley for the last X amount of years before the days of another thing. And I'm launching all these, but you'll be finding out very, very soon. Just keep listening to the radio show. Keep listening to the podcast. Keep listening to everything. Cause I just found out if I went on Google Bard and type my name, I'm the number one independent show in America. That's what it said. Google Bard said. Damn, so I, I'll take that. Man. I'll take, I'll take that. Whatever that meant, who cares? And I'm number seven yeah. celebrity podcaster world according to Pete Spot. Okay. So where can we can there check you, you guys out? Cause you guys are the next big thing. I know it because oh, all artists need so to dope. know, all artists need to know about this stuff that are musicians because they don't have the money to market. You're going to help them in certain ways. And then when they get their recording contract and marketing, they're able to run. So where are you going to go? Yeah. yeah. So everything you can find about us, musicmakingsensepod.com. And that's music and then M-A-K-I-N and then sense as in the monetary value, C-E-N-T-S pod.com music making sense pod.com that's where you can find everything about us and yeah we offer free initial consultations we'll go over everything build a custom you know plan for you and then we don't also we don't we don't just do everything for you and work in the background we also work with you to help you educate yourself to where you can actually do a lot more stuff independently as well and then we'll just be there as your guide and as your coach as well but we do offer full full service options as well too where we handle certain amount of things things like running your ad marketing for you and we'll check in every day to make sure it's getting pointed the right direction stuff like that but it's it's you know music making sense podcast for artists by artists that's just our slogan music pod.com appreciate it guys i just sent sent it in the uh, chat for you too uh that's perfect all right you're listening and watching the neil haley show we'll be back in just a moment Hi, everyone, and welcome to Climate Change, the Real Story podcast with Dr. Robert Marks. Dr. Marks, how are you? Soon, the Dr. Robert Marks radio show is coming up very, very soon. Updates in December, we'll let you know. Um, What are we going to cover today, Dr. Marks? Well, today, in light of uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, we're going to go a little light and go off subject of climate change, even though climate change is all around us. I want to talk about something that... uh, is uh, related to my medical knowledge and such, and that is, why are we fat? So in lieu of um, anything else for Thanksgiving, uh, it may give us some insights into our overeating in a couple of days. Okay. Okay, let, let me begin with, uh, I don't want anybody to uh, feel bad or or, um, or be insulted that we're talking about people who are fat. I mean, myself, I'm a bit overweight, and so is many people. So I don't want anybody to be perturbed. In fact, what I'm going to talk about is going to give you a rationale of why you may be overweight that is outside of your control. Now, to begin with, I think you've all heard of a number of people, uh, maybe a little overweight, complain that I eat like a bird and yet I gain weight. I look at food and I put on the pounds. We've heard that from many people. That's actually true. And I'll explain why. And then we have the other side of the coin where that same person may say, look at that fellow over there or that woman over there. They eat a ton at every meal. They eat five meals a day, you know, 5,000 calories, and they never seem to gain any weight. Why? 
Well, I hope to tell you why. Uh, let's go back to our origins as a species, and there's some explanation in that. Roughly 60,000 years ago, Homo sapiens left Africa and went initially to the uh, Middle East and just the area of Asia Minor and um, uh, east, of, uh, the, uh, east of the Middle East. Uh, now, a group stayed in Africa, and a group that went to the Middle East actually migrated into what's now India and Pakistan. Those people evolved a darker skin color. And that's not racist at all. What that did is protected those clans and those tribes from the sun damage that they were exposed to day after day. And they, the ones that had the darker skin, survived better. They were more nutritious. They were able to make better, produce more children. And that's why we have that today. Now, the other group migrated into Europe just 40,000 years ago, according to our science, our anthropologists. And, of course, uh, these people met the Ice Age. Ice Age was going on, and of course, they evolved light skin, blonde hair, red hair, because they didn't need the protection of the, uh, from the sun, from dark, dark skin. But what they did do is that the lighter skin allowed them to absorb more um, uh, ultraviolet rays from the sun, activating vitamin D so that they did not develop rickets and other diseases from vitamin D deficiencies. So just understand that. Now, of course, uh, we, we've evolved since then. So what I'm saying is that each group evolved a strategy to survive what was going on at the time. And what was going on at the time in Europe and in Africa and in India is that th these groups were hunter-gatherers. And there were times of scarcity, massive scarcity, when animal migration didn't allow them to hunt game or there were very little game around. And then the gatherers, due to droughts and other weather conditions like snowfalls and ice ice sheets, uh, limited the amount of uh, plant foods that they could obtain. So the evolutionary advantage of storing fat became ingrained in our genome, and it was done to survive periods of scarcity. Now, that's well-precedented in the animal kingdom. Take, for example, that man is one of the few species that's able to store fat. Bears also store fat. Now, you know that they've developed a strategy. They live up in usually the northern tiers of, of the different continents, uh, and they are omnivores. They eat insects. They eat berries, which during the winter aren't around. They're very little do they eat anything that it would be uh, confused with a carnivore. So they've developed a strategy to put on massive pounds and then sleep through the winter called hibernation. So this is what animals evolved to. Whales do the same thing too. They fatten up on krill off the coast of Alaska, and then they migrate south to their calving areas off of California and off of Baja, where there is no food for them. So they lose tons of pounds while they travel to warmer waters so they can raise their young. So every animal has a different strategy. Back in the caveman times, it was an effective strategy. But what has happened over the last couple hundred years is that the environment has changed. Where we don't have scarcities that much. Now, yeah, we have people who are poor and are hungry, but that's not a problem of abundance or lack of abundance. That's a problem of food distribution. Most of us have ample 
opportunity to eat every day. In fact, the ample opportunity to overeat every day. So what I'm saying is ingrained in us is a genome that produces different proteins that allow us to assemble and store fats as we did when we were in the caveman era. Now, people who have a really strong ability to do that, these are the people you look around are 400 pounders, 500 pounders, 350 pounders, and seem to be horribly overweight, yet they may not eat nearly as much as a thinner person does. Now, there still are thin people who have less of an ability to store fat. So now, with modern society and abundance of food, the evolutionary advantage has switched to these people who have less of an ability to store fat. So they don't develop overweight, congestive heart failure, they don't develop diabetes type 2, and they don't develop as much heart disease. So now it's kind of switched over. So uh, what I am saying is that uh, this type of an advantage has become a disadvantage for, for many. And that uh, the ability to store fat uh, is based upon a balanced diet. And that might sound absolutely heretical to people. Because in order to store fat, you need an abundant source of fresh sugar, glucose. Old sugar that's broken down is inactive and cannot store fat. You need fat triglycerides in particular to store fat. And then you need proteins or the enzymes to put it together. So what does that all mean? We've been told to have a balanced diet and that would be the best of all worlds. It is if you can control your calorie input. And this is why every diet works. Every diet works if you stick to it. The Pritikin diet is based on a lot of carbohydrates, but no fats and no um, proteins. So if you just have a lot of sugar and there's no fat to combine it with, you can't store fats. But guess what? You, you eat a hamburger and it just ruins a diet right there. <laughs> uh, and the same thing with the um, uh, the Atkins diet. Atkins diet works fine. You eat a lot of meat, a lot of fatty things, and you you avoid sugars. So again, if you miss one of those three, you could lose weight. Uh However, you eat a cookie or a piece of cake and your diet goes to hell in a handbasket really pretty quickly. Uh, and then uh, finally, uh, the um, uh, the South Beach diet is a protein-based diet of minimal sugars, minimal fats, so it reduces the storage of the fat. So when people talk about, oh, I have a poor metabolism, they're actually talking more about they have a genetic predisposition to store fats more efficiently than the next guy. Now, as I conclude, I don't want anybody to think that uh, this is an excuse that you should take. This is a um, uh, an explanation of why, in addition to calorie intake, uh, that some people are fat even though they try their best not to be fat. So it's an explanation, it's not an excuse. Those people have the genetic ability to be very efficient in storing fat, just have a harder hill to climb and have to work a lot harder at it. So as you eat your Thanksgiving turkey, think of this as a um, as an explanation. Have a good time with it. And uh, if you gain weight, blame your genes. Don't blame me. All right. Well, I think this is a fascinating conversation because the bottom line is 
any diet works. So we are just not disciplined human beings. So for example, uh, calorie counting works too. Once you figure out what calorie intake you have to take every day, if you figure that out, you're going to lose a 0.5 pounds a week, one pound a week. It just doesn't happen overnight. Kind of like marketing doesn't happen overnight. Kind of like business, growing a business doesn't happen overnight. Kind of like becoming successful doesn't happen overnight. And a lot of people don't have that discipline to have a balanced diet. That's it. Bottom line. Balanced diet with, with low calorie input. But you're, you're, you're very right. There's two basic reasons why we gain weight. One, we eat too much and we have a, a genetic predisposition to store fat more efficiently. So uh, again, it's, it's just an explanation that people should keep in mind and uh, go on their daily lives and, and be who you are and modify your, your, your bad habits if you can and accelerate your good habits and have a good Thanksgiving, everyone. All right. All right. That was Dr. Robert Marks, a climate change, real story podcast guys. Take care. Hi everyone. And welcome to Mike Velarde show. I'm excited to welcome the program. Mike Velarde, Mike, how are you, man? What's going on? Hey, Neil. Good. How are you? Fantastic. So I guess today I am driving AI with some of our participants that are part of your new foundation and they're going to ask questions and we're kind of really just going to go around questions about AI because yeah. people, we, I had a call with you guys talking about ways I'm going to help your tax foundation. I found out a lot of people have not been introduced to AI. They've heard a little bit about it and what can be done and I'll allow questions about by sharing screen, showing you both Google Bard and ChatGBT. ChatGBT is the one that transformed society in about November of last year uh, when it launched a year ago. And it changed the game and it changed it in so many ways as they introduced chatbots that were AI before. AI-generated stuff started out ultimately with when we have emails or in our text messages when it tells us to add a certain thing or a thanks or this. That is AI. That's the beginning of AI compared to now what AI is. So AI, there were AI-generated types of programs that we've been using with spell check and different things like that forever with Google and all that stuff. So AI has been around, but this was the first real live chatbot that you can really do lots of things with. And it changed everything. Everyone thought coaches were going to be gone. And bloggers and writers, they'd all lose their jobs. But ultimately, what's happened a year later, they haven't. And people have knocked AI. And the reason they knocked AI is because they're protecting a person's job. So you're going to learn a lot about what these platforms can do based on questions you ask, and, and we'll go from there. So I guess the, I'm going to share screen, and we're going to pull up ChatGBT and Google Bard. Bard came out later. I don't know the exact date. We're working on Chat 3.5, not the upgrade, even though I want to get Dally. Because Dali ends Vol's pictures, but I have not gone to the premium. But at least now the upgrade gives you something else than it was basically both were the same system. So go ahead. So basically, think of it, Chat GBT and Google Bard as you are talking to a robot that has a, an exorbitant amount of information, but yet needs prior knowledge at times and information as well. So it can't just be like, okay, I'm going to ask this question about somebody that chat gbt or google bard doesn't know they're gonna say we have no information on that person it's not out on the internet so you have to provide information as well input output just like a human being but go ahead paul i go i mean go ahead uh, mike okay so first of all i gotta make an announcement um <clears throat> i got i got some bad news for 
for everybody. Um, one of the things we were we were hoping to capitalize on was that six hundred dollar cash app, Venmo, all that stuff. But Joe Biden figured out, or his team did, that there's no way he could possibly win an election if they enforce that this year, because it was just going to piss off forty million Americans, taxpayers, who are all going to get these ten ninety nines. So they came out the other day that they decided to postpone that. Okay, and then they're going to. Uh, gradually work down to the 600. So next year, they're going to hit everybody that came in at 5,000. Right now, it's 20. Then it's going to five. And then it's going to the 600 the year after that. So whoever the next president is, he's going to, unless they change this law, which needs to be changed, um, you're going to see in 2025, whoever's walking into that office, um, is going to get hit with a, uh, an absolute shitstorm because that's when they're going to get down to the $600. So that just made the news two days ago. I just found out about it yesterday. And so that's going to kind of affect how we market to two people because that was going to be a large part of our target marketing. So what I want to know, Neil, is I think the best thing for us to do is target Groups, AARP, AMAC, AAA, unions, police unions, teachers unions. What would AI, what kind of a letter would AI give us to, let's say, go after the teachers unions to get them to sign up for the automatic monitoring program that we have in place? All right. So this is, this is almost like a lab. Mike Velarde show. You're going to go out and throw out, hey, this is what we're doing and right. helping. Okay, I, Mike, all right, let's do this. So basically say, I am looking, but see, I look at it, Mike, that every person, there are so many people out there that get audited by the IRS that need our help and they're going to need this foundation or they'll learn specific things, especially yeah. tax codes changing. I think that when you go out to the mainstream of everyone who's a taxpayer, you're going to find out it's not going to be as difficult. But let's just say if you want it, I'm looking to send a letter to the teacher unions uh, regarding um, regarding uh, our, found, our foundation. I, I, IRS, IRS monitoring services. We want to partner with the unions to give their members a monitor, uh, an IRS monitoring service so that when, you know, they go above the $600 threshold two years from now or whenever it might happen, that they're going to know before, we're going to know three months ahead of time before they get that letter from the IRS. And then we'll, we'll, we're going to teach them how to deal with it. We're going to handle the, the issues for them. We want to provide, provide a full service uh, for all these all these people who could have vert potential problems. Not to mention the fact that with 80,000 new agents coming on board, you're going to quadruple the audit rate. It's going to be so many more people are going to be looked at and harassed by the Internal Revenue Service. It's going to be unbelievable. All right. So just put out the question because it has all this input we've done already with them. So they have yeah. some knowledge about the foundation. Let's see what chat comes up with as a letter, email letter. 
loading right now. Um, we can do the same thing with Bard. Okay. okay. Here, here we go. All right. Certainly blows the email template as a starting point. Dear Union Representative name, I hope this finds you all. My name is, I'm reaching out on behalf of the Tax Foundation or, or organization. We're excited to introduce exclusive service that we'll believe can greatly benefit your hardworking educators in our community. In our commitment to supporting teachers, we've developed an IRS monitoring service specifically designed to peace of mind and assistance during tax-related challenges, including potential audits. We understand the unique financial situation teachers have faced, and the service aims to simplify complexities of tax compliance. Key features, proactive monitoring, dedicated support, educational resources. We'd love the opportunity to discuss how our 